Hello and welcome back to the Steve Clark Room. Much better from Scotland as on Friday night we witnessed an inspired and heroic performance from the boys as we came home from Wembley with a crucial point for qualification out of the group. As always, I'm joined by Peter Mackay. How's the voice, Pete? A lot better than it was yesterday. We're holding up, you know. I mean, I've never been so happy to lose my voice. A few nights away in Glasgow and, you know, I can't speak when I come home, but that's off. That's fine. It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Brilliant trip, uh, brilliant result, more the point, more crucially. Uh, what a performance by the boys on Friday night. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant, you know, completely different to what we saw uh, in the opening game. I think, you know, we, we said in the podcast last week that we expected all the players and and even the, the management to sort of raise the levels and really get everyone going for this game. Uh, and that definitely happened. The buzz before the game was brilliant. Um, I'm sure for everyone, wherever they were watching it, it was it was really good. Uh, and and it would be fair to say that the game lived up to that. You know, despite you know it was it was a nil nil. You could look on the paper and say that would be a boring game, but me personally, I found it really entertaining. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think as well when you're invested in a game, it doesn't really matter what the score is. Like we we've uh, I've never celebrated or wanted a nil nil more in my life when it was like ten minutes ago. <laughs> You know, 10 minutes to go and you're actually thinking, we just need to see this out and then we've got a point and that's all, you know, that's all really what we were needing. Uh, I think you touched on it there. We were quite positive in our podcast midweek uh, after the Monday result um, and I think we, we were pretty spot on with that. I think there was no way we were just going to let the heads drop after that uh, Monday night performance and whatever happens obviously on Tuesday against Croatia, we give a great account of ourselves at Wembley. Uh, brave performance as I mentioned in the intro it's heroic uh, going through a few of the names I thought we'll just go through the team Marshall I think he had a great save from Mount Marshall didn't do a single thing wrong apart from at the end where he never grabbed up the ball from McTomney but apart <laughs> from that he was very annoying yeah yeah we we knew that Marshall was going to start obviously midweek um, Steve Clark and Andy Robertson and John McGinn actually as well all came out uh, and and were defended him in press conferences, which I think I think was uh, was rightly so. You know, I mean we don't want to go over that again, but uh, yeah, I thought yeah, Marshall, great game from him. He he did enough, and you know, just looking forward, he's he's definitely going to start the next game as well. I think. I I completely agree, and you you go to the defence there. We can have a new look. A new look defence for the Eggman game with uh, Tierney coming back, who's obviously so crucial for us, and also McTomney dropping uh, dropping back, sorry, into that right centre back role where he kind of flourished against uh, in qualification, like against Serbia. What do you think of that uh, uh, McTomney's inclusion at the back again? Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I don't think many of us uh, expected it to happen. Uh, I definitely wasn't disappointed with it. I thought it was actually quite, a, you know, in a weird sense maybe. I thought it was actually quite a positive move because it means that you know, it, it would give us that outlet to play out from the back and maybe transition through the lines a bit better with him driving forward uh, out from the right. Uh, Tierney coming back in, absolutely fantastic. We all know what Tierney does. Well, again, he lived up to the name. Um, he, he was brilliant, didn't let anything get past him. So, yeah, I think it was it was definitely um, a wee bit surprising to see the back line change as much as it did, but definitely some pleasing changes and ones that worked, definitely, obviously, with the result being a clean sheet. Yeah, exactly. Getting a clean sheet against uh, a, a team of England's quality and star power in that uh, team. And then oh, I want to give credit to one man for keeping Harry Kane quiet for uh, 90, well, however long he played. He got subbed off, actually. 
Grant Hanley was superb. Talk to me about that performance. Grant Hanley is an absolute colossus of a man. I mean, do you know what I was thinking there? We could have done with him defending our apartment in Govan. Yeah, we were, we were in a very... I mean, apologies to anyone from Govan who were listening, but, well, I mean, the apartment was lovely. The area, I mean, we were always kind of sleeping with one, uh, one eye half open in that area. <laughs> we could have done with Hanley as our bouncer because he'd have kept us safe. Like. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. You know, people say Harry Kane's the best striker in the world. People say Grant Hanley's pish. Well, <laughs> that that game definitely told a different story to them. You know, both of them. I think Harry Kane was poor. I don't. I mean, maybe not helped by his teammates, not creating chances for him, but definitely, I think Grant Hanley. What a performance! And and I think testament to him as well because a lot of people doubted him even getting in the twenty-six man squad, and he's come in and in both games, I think he's been fantastic, and especially at Wembley, what a show. Yeah, I remember when it got announced, um, you could probably go back and listen to our podcast uh, of when the squad was announced, but I remember even our original reactions, obviously we were together uh, in school when the squad came out, I remember when, when Hanley was announced, it was there was no kind of uh, jubilation or celebration, it was just like, oh well, just Grant Hanley, and, and that's um, I, I, that's kind of, like, that was maybe the kind of resounding feeling among, amongst it when it happened, but He's proved everyone wrong, and I'm, and I could be more happy if he proved wrong. Uh, he, he's been superb in both games. He's probably been our best player over two games. You, you could certainly make an argument for that, anyway. Um, and and yeah, I love that three: uh, Tierney, Hanley, McTominay in the three. It just completely changed the look of our side. And and uh, and I'm going to go on to sign now. We'll go on to now. This is now. This is what I want to remember this podcast by because this is a man who was hounded on Monday by everyone on Twitter, the media, Scottish fans, but two men stuck by this man, me and you, Pete. We backed Steve O'Donnell this whole time and what a game he had on Friday. Just just, just what do you think? Cognac, we've been telling them for months and months about Stephen O'Donnell and no one listened to us. Nobody. No one. No one's given him respect. No one's given us the respect. And we've always backed him, and he came out and proved everyone wrong, and I loved it. Do you know what it was? It, I thought it was actually really sickening, you know, um, after the game on Monday to see the amount of sort of abuse and stick he was getting. Because I think me and you both, after discussing it <laughs> in quite some depth, um, you know, we felt that he was being scapegoated a bit because he's not one of these big name players who doesn't play in the Premier League. You know, he's just he's just a, your hard working. You know, he's just plays for Motherwell. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not very, not a very flashy player. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, I think you know, he showed a, a fantastic strength of character and some amazing resilience to bounce back from the abuse he was getting and show everyone that you know that that spot in the team at right wing back is his and he's there to stay for the foreseeable future in the Euros. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the amount of Patterson tweets I've seen about you've got to start Callum Patterson. I've got nothing against the boy. But the the disrespect Steve that came Stephen O'Donnell's way after actually on a whole say what you want about him at club level say if you're not flashy if he's not he's not like kind of uh, as I said flashier in any way just plays for Motherwell he gets on with it but his performance in a Scotland shirt ever since he got his first call up have just been he's he's not put a foot wrong he's Mister Consistent apart from on Monday he could argue a bad game but that was his first time and everyone was on his back immediately. I think what happened was is 
he didn't have a good game, but I don't know if, you know, maybe players around him didn't help him or, or they didn't have a good game either. And I agree, I think he was a bit scapegoated on Monday. But say what you want about that. If he was scapegoated or not, he came out after serious criticism from 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 everyone, from from fans to, to media, and he came out and he proved them wrong. And and as he said in his post match, that's what it was all about. He knew what he was getting. He he wasn't you know hiding away from it. He he uh, he knew the the heat on his back, and and he still performed. Uh, he was one of our best players. I think. I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone played badly against England. So it's 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 easy to say he's one of our best players. I think everyone was, but. He was brilliant. He had his great chance, obviously. I mean, imagine we scored that. Oh, why? We would have, we would have hit the roof, honestly. Well, it was funny because obviously we were in the pub in uh, Glasgow and we were on like different ends. We both had a TV in front of us, but we were on different ends of the pub. And I remember when that ball came across the street, I rifled it and picked her saved. I remember we instantly both just stood up from each end of the pub and looked at each other and pointed at each other. I mean, what a, oh. what a moment that would have been if he scored that. It would, also, it would almost been poetic just after all the abuse he was getting uh, for, for him to go away and score that winner and, and, and kind of uh, epitomise himself as a player and his character and his strength and his, his kind of mental toughness. Yeah, definitely. Just to echo what you said, he was absolutely brilliant and I think you know, maybe the the fact people were getting on to him so much is because he saw so much of the ball and maybe his use of it wasn't so good going forward against the Czechs. But definitely, I think he resolved that. And I think some of his passing uh, against Ingle was absolutely exquisite. His long passing, short passing, finding the space. You know, he was like a centre mid playing out there at, at times, you know, pinging it over to Robbo and then pinging it up to the striker. He was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, just to echo what you said, I think... In this post-match interview, I think I, I, it was actually quite, you know, I felt quite bad listening to it because he was saying, you know, how he knows that the manager, Steve Clark, gets a lot of stick for even putting him in the team. And, you know, like, that must feel really bad when you're getting picked for your country. It's like a massive moment. And then you're thinking, oh, but all these people hate me, don't want me to play. So he's come out and done absolutely brilliant. And I think just, to, you know, to, to end on the topic of Stephen O'Donnell, what about that challenge on Gula? See you later. Oh, I mean, absolutely brilliant. Quick, I just want to say about his passing, 100% passing completion. I mean, that just says it all. He wasn't even playing it safe with his passing. He was doing a cross, cross the pitch passing, linking up well going forward. Um, there was times he was putting cross into the box. 100% pass completion against England team. Brilliant. Moving on to his Grealish t- uh, challenge. I absolutely, I absolutely adored that. Just chased him into his own half and then he goes, I'll probably fall him far enough here. Just hex him. I love it. <laughs> oh, how about that video today when he's talking about what he was saying to him? That was class. I laughed for about 10 minutes. <laughs> at that. I, 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 I just love that. It's like, you've got to get in his ear, uh, McGinn says to him, but you can't be like going after him. You've got to be like really like complimentary of him. He loves yeah. his laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I can just, I can picture him so well, just like chasing him back. Just lovely calves on you. <laughs> lovely, lovely calves, Jack. Oh, brilliant! Oh, it's quality. I was like quality. And then obviously on the other side, um, Robbo, another great performance. Robbo has been. I mean, we said Hanley's one of our best players. Robbo, you could argue, he's probably been been another one up there for that shout. He's been. Um, he he's been a big player who's rise to the occasion this year. So far for us, obviously, big game on Tuesday. But Robbo so far been brilliant. One hundred percent. I I don't think Rob will put a foot wrong against England. Really, um, 
you know, his deliveries into the box were good. Defensive positioning and tackling awareness, everything was spot on with him, really. He's the captain. And again, you, you could argue he's another one. A lot of people have put, put question marks over his position in the team, saying that Tierney should be playing left wing back instead of him and stuff like this. But definitely past two games, he's shown that, you know, He's kind of living up to to being one of the best left left backs in the world, and definitely I'd still stick by that. And you know, you know, you could argue that he's he's far better at club level, but definitely I think he's showing that you know he could do it in a Scotland jersey too. And also I think he, you know, if if Dykes um, had 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 crossed that pass to him uh, in the second half, I think he definitely could have got a goal. It was a good opportunity for him, but just unlucky that Dykes didn't see him coming steaming in from the left. But yeah, Robertson, what a, what a guy. Yeah, I know. And now, moving on to the midfield, I mean, this was one of the best midfield performances I've ever seen from a Scotland side. Gilmore, um, uh, Gilmore and McGregor sitting as kind of the double pivot with McGinn sitting in front. That three worked so, so hard. And they they were better than England's midfield. We won the midfield battle. That just proves how good they played. Because, they're, they're, you know, you've got Gilmore who can't get a look in at a Chelsea team. You've got McGregor who plays, obviously, you know, we know Cat McGregor's a brilliant player, but I bet you uh, England supporters half and probably don't even know who he is. And McGinn obviously plays in England, to be fair. But our midfield three were better than England's midfield three and what a performance they had. Yeah, they were absolutely tremendous. And and again, it's a, it, it was changed from the first game. So that's the first time those three have played together. And you'd think they've been playing together, you know, for years and years. They were absolutely quality. And I think, especially in the first half, we really didn't allow England to dominate the game. Our midfield three were just man-marked on England's midfield three with Gilmore on Mount uh, and um, McGinn on Rice. And, you know, we didn't allow Rice to get the ball to start to, to allow them to play through. And that really stifled their attacking intent. And, you know, I think that first half performance really inspired us to go and be as good as we were in the second as well. And again, you know, we could speak about these individuals for hours and hours. I think Billy Gilmore, uh, his full Scotland debut, you know, you can't ask any more of that. He was absolutely fantastic. You know, you think from a young player who might be nervous, might not want to get on the ball as much. He's pointing, demanding, saying, you know, pass the ball to me and I'm going to go make something happen. I absolutely love him. What a player, and he's got a start next game as well. Yeah, I know. I heard someone say, um, I can't remember who it was now, that Billy Gilmore now for the next 12 years has it will start in every single Scotland game because he's that good. And, and that performance against England, it? obviously injuries will get in his way. I, I mean, hope touch with they won't, but he is like the future for this nation and he's such a good player. And what I love about him, I can't remember who it was, it was on Open Goal, someone was speaking about it um, after the game. It was like, he... I actually believe he went on that pitch. I said, I'm the best midfielder on this pitch. Uh, well, you're playing England. We're Scotland. We're the underdogs. Uh, it's, his, it's his full debut. He's got no right to think that. He's playing against Champions League winners and Mountain, this and that. And like players who are on so much more money than him down in England. Obviously, he's there as well, actually. But I actually think he went out and said, I'm the best midfielder on this pitch. And, and I think he played like he was. And that's what I love about him, his confidence. He's just got this elite mentality, I think that he thinks he's the best and, and he plays like he's the best and he knows he's the best. Uh, yeah, and l- rightly so. He was the best and, you know, and, and, and he's going to be one of the best midfielders in the world one day. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's pro- and, you know, from his performances we've seen already, it's not going to be long until he reaches that stage and definitely, you know, he's going to be up there with some of the best players in the world. I stand by that because, you know, at such a young age, the confidence he has to get on the ball against against the likes of Calvin Phillips, play for Leeds, 
Mason Mount, his his club mate, and then obviously Declan Rice, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. It's absolutely unbelievable. And to be able to get on the ball and be so calm and create chances and you know, just keep it ticking and just keep keep Scotland in possession. Oh wow. I just oh it was it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, and his like tenacity, his defensive work, is as you said, his passing, keeping it ticking is is something that if you've got midfielders who can just keep it rolling over, keep it ticking, keep like switching the ball out, but just keeping the ball is so important. And especially when you're the underdog, keeping the ball is such great importance and he is the best player I think I've ever seen it doing that. In, in 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 Scotland top, you could even go even further and just say it. he's just one of the best I've seen to do that. He, he's brilliant, and yeah, I agree. I think he starts every as long as he's fit. He starts every Scotland game for me now for as long as I I care about because he he was brilliant against England and that and he got the man of the match as well, and I think fully deserved. Definitely, and I think I saw someone today. I think it was a Twitter account, and uh, and someone called him the Scottish Jorginho. And I just laughed and I thought, don't put disrespect on Billy Gilmore's name like that. That's oh, Jorginho. Yeah, that is disrespectful. Twice the player of Jorginho already. Yeah, because if I was going to make comparisons in that, I would say that Xavi's the Spanish Gilmore. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you could, you could even, you know, going back to what we were speaking about earlier, you could even go as far and say that, you know, someone like, someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold, not even in the England squad, he's, we're looking at him, he's probably the Scottish Nathan Patterson. Yeah, because because Nathan Patterson can't get a look, and neither can can you know Trent. I mean, the, these comparisons now are legit because England aren't better than us. So they no. would have beaten us if they were. So so all these I've had enough of these English fans just being arrogant. Listen, that listen. If you were really you know favourites to win the tournament, or if you were really this brilliant you know world class team that you claim to be, what what happened on Friday? Exactly. Like, what, what, where was it? Because I never seen it. Harry Kane's the best striker in the world. I didn't see that. I think Grant Hanley fucking. You know. And I mean, you, you talk about the English fans being arrogant, but I'd go one step further than that and say, you know, you look at the English media before the game. It's absolutely embarrassing. Half of them know nothing about the Scotland team. Yeah. They're just talking about England, talking about England, and then you get people like Rio Ferdinand who sits back and just makes himself look like the biggest clown in the world. And I love it, and he deserves the hounding he's getting on social media. Um, and I think just, you know, it's not all of them. I'd say credit to Alex Scott and Micah Richards who were actually yeah. good in their analysis and good in, in, in what they said about Scotland. They actually went and did a bit of research, unlike, unlike some many others. Um, but, yeah, so just like to say one big get around you to them all, really. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I completely agree with that. I mean, it is, it's just, it is laughable at the kind of... Um... Just kind of delusional, de- uh, delusion at the the level of punditry for 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 England. They just seem to be get blinded by kind of. Um, I mean, every it seems like every international tournament, England is the football's you know coming home. England are going to win it. Well, they never do, and, and I know England so so can't win this Euros. But if they play, if they played against us. I mean, they've got no chance. I mean, sooner said it best. Football's coming home. It ain't coming home with that team. I I couldn't agree more. And you say England could still win this tournament, but so could Scotland. So could gonna, Scotland, yeah. exactly. And, and I would actually back Scotland more than I would back England to win it because oh, what a yeah. performance that was. I mean, people might laugh, but who was the better team on Friday? Scotland, I think. Scot- I think Scotland out- outplayed England. So, so yeah, we'll go on with that. I just want to mention as well, before we move on, Adams and Dykes up top, what did you think? Yeah, they were quality. Again, we, we had them to start uh, on the podcast midweek. Uh, they did start. I think a lot of people were pleased with that. Uh, a few people didn't want Dykes to start. I think I saw that on Twitter a bit. But again, 
um, Dykes, you know, as soon as I saw the teams walking out and I see he shaved his head, I know it's going to be a good day. Yeah, I agree. Bald Dykes is actually now becoming the best version of Dykes. I know we didn't win. Um, I know we didn't win on um, on Friday. But obviously, it was a brilliant performance, and we, all we really needed was a point. When you look at um, kind of what would have been in the easiest way to qualify, it would have been beat Croatia point at Wembley. Um, and he came out with his bald head, and I thought, I'm getting flashbacks to Serbia here because the only time I've ever seen him bald before was Serbia, and that was a great night. So, and so. You know, I'm seeing a trend here with, with bald dykes and just brilliant results. So, you know, next time I see dykes walk out with a bald head, I'm, I'm rubbing my hands. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, for Tuesday. I'm hoping that, um, you know, hopefully Che Adams is going to be in the bathroom with him, helping him get the razor out, get it freshly shaven. I want it. I want it. Yeah, I, exactly. I want freshly shaven because I want him getting up for headers and just getting pure connection. Yeah. And I mean, to speak on Che Adams, oh, what a guy. He He's, is. Such a good striker, and he works so hard. He tracks back. He he holds up the ball. He runs fast. He shoots. Didn't score, but he will. He's going to score on Tuesday. Mark my words here. Put a bet mm-hmm. on. And I'll win you some money because he's going to score. Love he's that. just he's he's everywhere. He, just what what a fantastic player he is, man. And he's an asset to this team. He's such a good strike. Like is everything about him. Like his hold up play. I know we, we praise Dykes for his, for his whole play, but Dykes winning headers, obviously, the, the best in the team at that. But Shea Adams' hold-up play, linking in play as well. See, when he's got the ball with it, he doesn't just waste it. He he brings in other players, and I just I love that. He keeps the ball, he retains it, he creates, he's strong, he's pacey, he's got a strike on him. Obviously, he did uh, had a few chances, but, but listen... I think I think he couldn't have played much better. I think the only thing that could have topped his performance uh, on Friday would have been if he got a goal. But obviously, um, obviously we can't change that now, and uh, the circumstances have been set. So, listen, now we just point towards Croatia. We just need to win, win, and we're through. One hundred percent. Sorry, just when we're through, or unless we're very unlucky, Aye. some goal different scenario. But I reckon, I think when we're through, that's how we got to see it. Carry on. I mean, yeah, just to quickly dip back on Trey Adams, I think, you know, if we're talking technicalities here, he was the best English striker on the pitch and maybe the best <laughs> maybe the best English player on the pitch on, on Friday night, I'd go as far as said. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking at, like, pure technicalities, you're going, where were you born? I mean, McTomney and, and Adams were the best oh, yeah. English players there. They absolutely ran the show. 100%. Do you know, it's a shame Grant Halley's not English because I'm, I'm sure England fans are sitting at home and thinking, God, I bet Grant Halley would be a great pairing for John Stones or Harry Maguire because, I mean, what I'm just saying, John Stones, Harry Maguire is the English, the English Grant Hanley. I mean, it's not either or even comparable. Grant Hanley is simply a better player. Just simply yeah. Because he, Grant Hanley, you know, he's, he's experienced, you know, he's, he's played uh, he's played down at high-level uh, clubs in England. He's He's been brilliant, and 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 now he's just he's just showing his class at the highest highest level, and, and that's I love that. I'll always remember Grant. I, I don't care what happens from this point on, but I'll always remember Hamley's performances at the Euros. Just superb, inspirational. Yeah, I mean the only thing you can really actually you know factually compare uh, Hanley and Maguire on, you know, is the fact that Harry Maguire has a bigger head. That's the only thing I'm afraid, and and I, I bet he's close. Oh yeah, definitely. Hamley's I mean, got a fair size ahead now, and he does. He's nicknamed Heed in the Scotland camp. So <laughs> yeah, 
I've seen a, I've seen a video. It was on it was on Kenny McLean's Instagram story. He was at the game. It was after the game. He just zoomed in on Harley and just put heed. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, that's it. That's great. I mean, maybe 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 he wins that then against Maguire, right? You never know. Ah, well, what doesn't he win? He wins everything. He wins every night in the air on the floor. He'll win the ball. Yeah, he is the dual master. He is, aye. So moving on, just Croatia now, like. Need to beat Croatia. Beat Croatia, and that's as we're 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 through. Yeah, this is this is the biggest game of our lives, really. I think yeah, you know. Yeah. Say what you want about club level, you know. You know, both of us being being from the Highlands, both our teams have been in cup finals and stuff. But definitely, I think there's definitely um there's a massive vein of excitement for this game, and it's at Hamden, which is fantastic. Um, definitely some nerves as well. I think going into this one, but you know, I'm confident the boys can get can get the three points. Yeah, I just think they've got to go out. I think you feel that feel pretty much the exact. I mean, I would feel the exact same starting eleven just to keep it uh, keep it taking over from from Friday. I don't know what, if you'd make any changes, but personally, that's what I do. And just you know, keep it up. It'll be at Hamden. Um, well, twelve thousand Scotland fans there. It'll be nighttime kickoff. Everyone will be up for it. But I, I would I would also stress that listen, we the Czech the Czech Republic game was was a bit of a false start, bit of a blip. England game was what a proud performance and night that was. Just go out there, no pressure, win or through. I think the biggest, I think since that England result, every game now in the Euros is the biggest game of our lives. Just every game from now on is just the biggest game because if we beat Croatia, then we'll have a knockout game and that'll be the biggest game. And then, you know, all the way at the final, and obviously when we're in the final, that'll be the biggest game. But it, it'll just keep going down, uh, <laughs> down the line, you know. So uh, I know I agree with you. That is such a such a huge game. But I'd also say, though, have nerves, but but don't let it get to you because because the, the performance on Friday, if you mirror that, we'll be fine. One hundred percent. I think you you were talking about the lineup, and I think you know I definitely would keep it the same. I I don't really see a reason to change it. But you know, one thing I did think about was, you know, obviously Croatia. They're they're a ball playing team. You know that's what they're about. They their midfield, they get on the ball, they they yeah. pass it, and they create chances. And they're very good at doing that. Uh, but what I will say is, one thing I think their team as a whole, maybe excluding their wingers, uh, is they do definitely lack pace in central areas. And again, we spoke about it earlier. I think Che Adams' hold up play was you know just as good as Dykes against England, and it just got me thinking that you know. Could we start maybe Ryan Fraser or James Forrest off off the striker, off Trey Adams to try and inject a bit of pace into the side to scare the equations a little bit maybe and sort of maybe be a bit more direct about our about our play. And obviously we know that Ryan Fraser loves a goal in a Scotland shirt. So does James Forrest back in the day as well. Uh, so it would definitely be a risk if, if Clark was to start one of those two, but it wouldn't shock me because I think, you know, that's something that, that could definitely boost the Scotland team would be you know, getting that getting that huge amount of pace that those two have into the team. Just don't want don't want your thoughts are on that. I know that's uh, that's actually really interesting. I've never thought of. Uh, I think after the game on Friday, you just thought, oh, that's the team just play it in every game. But I think you're right. I think Clark, I think Clark might make a change because it's different. You know, that England game was a, a one off, almost international derby game where anything could happen. But Clark's a tactical manager, and he will he will make changes there. You know he's not afraid to make changes, and and I think I think you're right. He's got every right to, to spot the Croatian deficiencies there with their pace and their kind of aging team, and and he, he he might make a change. And I wouldn't mind seeing a Ryan Fraser start instead of a Dykes if we were going to go for that kind of 
um, pace and uh, pace and behind the more kind of dynamic play. Because uh, I, I, I think against England, he did it perfectly. Dykes and Adams just getting up there and bullying uh, the two centre halves. But it might not have to be that against Croatia. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we can try and play it around them a bit more. Maybe we can try and be a bit more, be a bit more, uh, maybe not positive. Maybe not the right word, but a bit more kind of dynamic going forward. So yeah, I agree. I quite like, I quite like the thought process behind that. Yeah, definitely. I think, and, and again, another thing we spoke about was how uh, our midfield outclassed England's midfield. Um, you know, and you know, you could argue that those were three world class players playing for England. I wouldn't say so anymore. Before the game I would have said so. But I mean, again, you could you could think that, you know, Croatia's midfield three is most likely gonna be Kovacic, Modric and Brozovic. Yeah. And, you know, you know, maybe not Kovacic, but the other two are not fast whatsoever. So I think if we go with the same again, if we could maybe have McGinn, Man Marking Brozovic and McGregor on um on Modric then you know I think we can definitely shut off you know because that's really that, that's where their team come from, comes from it operates around the midfield so I think if we can definitely shut them off again the game's ours for the taking I, I would go that far saying you know they play a 4-4-3 so I've said that wrong <laughs> a 4-3-3 well, I said yeah. a 4 they play a 4-4-3 yeah. just got two more men for the crack but <laughs> And they play a four-three-three, so they're going to be. You know, we know what they're about. So I think, like you said, I I really wouldn't be shocked if Steve Clark did make a change because he's a tactical master after all. And I, I definitely think he's not one of those managers who'll just keep the team. The, yeah, who he'll just keep it the same for the sake of keeping it the same. And that's one of my pet peeves actually is when the managers don't make a change because, you know, I think we've got to realise that that England team that we played against England that was a completely different team to probably what we would have played and I think you know it comes up against what that what the other team ta- what the other team's tactics are going to be so I'm I'm really intrigued to see what Clark's going to go with and whatever he does go with I trust him that's going to be correct yeah you're spot on because uh, uh, I, I agree with that I think it's a good trait of a manager to change it it doesn't matter how well or not how, how, how uh, however bad it's going I think if you keep changing it for what your opponent offers um is a is a good trait, but especially for like a team like Scotland as well. When we have got we have got kind of squad depth. Uh, I mean, you look at it already. We played two games in the Euros, and we've probably played about we've probably used about fifteen, sixteen different players, uh, not including subs. I mean, with, with just pure changes and that. I know Tierney was injured, but uh, we we have we have definitely utilised our squad. Um, again, I think that you, you mentioned the Croatia midfield. It'll be a better midfield than England's midfield. It'll be a tougher midfield battle. Um, I think those three players are better than uh, uh, better than England's uh, England's midfield three, especially ones that we we up against anyway. What was that race? That was Rice, Phillips, and uh, Mount. Yeah. yeah, I think Modric, Kovacic, and Brozovic uh, played better, uh, more technical anyway, uh, on the ball, and uh, that might that might kind of uh, shock us a little bit. But I just think if we have that stability of the team, we just need to keep the ball like we did against England with McGregor with Gilmore. And just kind of play similar, but maybe maybe in the final third, uh, as you said, maybe put a Fraser up there and try and uh, you know try try and get in behind them. They'll be spacing behind, you know. That's kind of how England scored their goal against Croatia. Uh, obviously, we didn't see. I didn't actually see. Oh, it was a penalty Czech Republic scored, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I uh, obviously because we never we were kind of out and about um, uh, because that game was played before the the England Scotland game, so we we didn't really get a chance to watch the Croatia Czech game. Uh, but that was a penalty, so yeah, that wasn't. But Raheem Sterling's goal was it kind of getting him behind 
there's no reason why we can't do that with players like Ryan Fraser and especially Che Adams and, and Dykes or whoever plays out of them too, or, or, or if not both of them. They're intelligent players. They'll play the forward pass. And, uh, and yeah, I, I feel confident that we can do that, especially with a kind of aging team. But their midfield three will be very strong and, and we need to kind of prepare for that, I think. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And I think just it's quite interesting to speak about. I think I saw a stat today on Twitter that um, if Group D was based on uh, who's had the most uh, shots on goal and most chances created, um, Scotland would be top of the group for most most shots on goal. Uh, and that's quite a, you know, considering we've not scored any goals at the tournament yet, that's quite a quite, a, quite an eye-opening statistic. And it makes you think maybe, you know, are we lacking something about up top? Um, but definitely, on the other hand, I think it should also give us hope. And I, I'm definitely going down that route. And I'm thinking it's just a matter of time before we score. I think, you know, once we get that first goal, the confidence will go high again. And I think, you know, we'll have no issues after that. I think, you know, maybe maybe even the floodgates would open and we'll, we'll comfortably qualify pumping Croatia 3-0. You never know. Anything could happen. Exactly. You do never know. And I actually agree with that as well. I think we'll score against Croatia hopefully qualified, I think that'll start, that'll kick us off. I think, uh, I, I think we'll 100% score against Croatia. I think it's a matter of time. Yeah, that's a really interesting start, which I didn't know about the um, chances created or shots on goal, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, really kind of, it is eye-opening, but at the same time, it's not not necessarily a huge negative. Um, I think you can just see it, take it how you see it. I know Clark's not a negative, negative kind of manager. He'll see that as, listen, it's a matter of time. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, they'll be working on it in training, and I, I think we'll get a goal against Croatia. And, and I think my prediction is that'll that'll it, you know open the floodgates for just games down the line. And hopefully that'll that goal will be enough to get us qualified, and then I think we'll uh, carry that in the qualification. Because I think Scotland play well. It shows now Scotland play well when the pressure's on against Serbia. It was huge pressure, and we dealt with it well against England. Huge pressure. Way more pressure than the Czech game, the England game, because England could have, England could have knocked us out. Realistically, England England could have knocked us out on Friday, and we showed up when we were a great team. So, uh, under pressure, we're a good side. I think now every game from this point onwards is a huge pressure situation. Must win every game's a cup cup final. I must win. We just need to keep winning games, and uh, it starts on Tuesday with Croatia, and I can't wait. One hundred percent. I'm absolutely buzzing. You know, we don't know what we're going to do for the game yet, but we know. <laughs> We will be together, so hundred percent, hundred percent, we will as always, and and it'll be it'll be a pleasure, and I just you know can't wait. It's just it's only it's, well, it's only what, two days away now as well. Yeah, I know it's mental. It's mental how fast the games come round. I know it is, and I love that though. I do love that. It's yeah. coming really. They're coming thick and fast, and uh, and it, uh, it's brilliant, and I just cannot wait for Tuesday. So I mean. Obviously, you're the man in the intros today with the, the cleaner voice than me. But yeah. before I we just want to say that that is why I did the intro. <laughs> he, he was like, "Listen, I'll do I'll do the podcast, but the intro might be too taxing the voice." So I, <laughs> I took that bit. What a pleasure as well. What, what were you going to say? There? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, before we wrap things up, we better we better get the the classic score predictions and scorers. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I think it'll be two one Scotland. I think I said that for England actually, but this I think this will be two one Scotland. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a. I, I don't think we'll. It'll be as like a. It'll be a cage affair, but I think there'll be goals in it. I don't think it'll be like the England one where you know we did, we did take. You've seen how the players react to the full time. They were delighted with the nil nil. It won't be like that. We'll be we'll be there'll be goals. I think on uh, on Tuesday and and uh, 
I hope Scotland will get two. I think it'll be two. I think Shea Adams is going to score. And I think... I think it's going to be a brace. Shea Adams brace. Oh, I, love, I, think. I love that, yeah. Uh, yeah, 2-1. That would be a fantastic result. I'm obviously feeling a wee bit more confident than you. I've gone with a 2-0 Scotland win. I think I think we'll keep another clean sheet. I think the defence yeah. looked absolutely fantastic against England. Uh, and when Croatia played England, I watched that game and I thought Croatia's finishing was absolutely horrendous. Some of the worst I've seen. Um, you know, I can't remember who was playing up top. I think it might have been Rebic. Rebic, Rebic yeah. Uh, but you know their their forward lines finishing was rotten, uh, and I think if they if it's to the same standards it was against England, we'll have touch wood. Hopefully, have no issues keeping them out. And for my goal scorers, I think bit of an interesting one because he probably won't even start. But I think Ryan Fraser is going to score, yeah. and I think Grant Hanley the Colossus is going to score also. Grant Hanley the Colossus, I love that. I mean, and and I don't think anyone else deserves a goal more than him anyway. So. I'd oh yeah, I'd I'd love to just give him a hugger. Oh yeah, he's just I, I'm just saying I'm sorry for the disrespect you've had over the years, but I'll always remember you now for these performances, Grant. Yeah, Grant, what a man! Grant. <laughs> what a man! Grant, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what a man! Right, perfect. I enjoyed that. That was a good, uh, good podcast. Summed it up. Uh, so obviously summed up the um, the England game and kind of previewed the Croatia game. If you enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, make sure to listen out. We'll have one coming after the uh, after the Croatia game, and uh, hopefully many more Euro ones after that. But obviously, we'll see, and we'll we'll be back on it. Um, we'll be back on it soon. A few days, as Pete said, we're kind of coming in thick and fast now. So, obviously, if you enjoyed, check and make sure to check out uh, what the one we'll have coming after that. Anything you got to say, Pete? Or? Um, would just like to reiterate my love for Stephen O'Donnell. Really, that's all. And I hope everyone who disrespected you apologizes wholeheartedly. And just remember that we always believed in you. Exactly. I want one takeaway. Just from this podcast, I want the legacy of this podcast and the, and, and uh, just, just the kind of true remembrance of we always back Steve Adorno and we always love Steve Adorno. And that's the most important thing. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate that. Cheers. Ah.